Welcome to Paddling Adventures Radio. I'm Sean Rowley, and with me is Derek Specht. Hello. What's happening, Derek? Uh, not much, man. Same old, same old. Just kind of cruising along. It's a quiet time of year, isn't it? It is, and so it's it's especially quiet, I think, because there's such a lack of outdoor shows. Mm-hmm. And so it's usually we've already been to like two or three of them and planning on like two or three more. And, you know, where we normally, me and you would be planning, you know, drives down to the States and, you know, it, there's just, it's, I don't know, it's it's kind of weird. It's, I'm used to, ever since we've been doing these, this podcast, like the last five years, just, it's every every winter and spring, it's just like, Ooh, okay. Where are we going to next? Which show? What's the, we gonna, we have, there's so many of them. We have to pick between them. And, and this year it's just like, Oh, everything's virtual. So quiet. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, February, mid February to April, um, we're all over the place. So it's, yeah, we're not going anywhere. This all dressed up and nowhere to go. I know, <laughs> but you know what? Definitely the, like, uh, Quiet uh, Adventure Symposium and and Canucopia and stuff. The, the, I'm going to be buying tickets to those and watching the the, the online versions. And so it's uh, so I'm going to at least try and get as much as I can out of them. Well, apparently at the Quiet Adventure Symposium, the grand finale on the 27th of March mm-hmm. or Mar- uh, February um, is a discussion panel with Kevin Callan, Cliff Jacobson, and apparently me. Yeah, I heard that there's some hack hosting that. Yeah, I don't know what that's all about, but uh, I'm going to find out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was so recommended like, and asked for and whatnot, so yeah. yeah. So like you're going to moderate it, right? I don't know. I guess so. I Or participate, <laughs> one of the two. Mm-hmm. First question, Cliff. So tell us. Um should we hang our food? <laughs> <laughs> and then we'll just all walk away because that'll be the full hour. <laughs> well, and then the second hour, you can discuss tarps in or outside of tents. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's going to be awesome. That's going to be great. Should I put my tent great. on a tarp? Or should I put a tarp in my tent? Or should I? Both. <laughs> I, I'm undecided. And what if and what if my tent is sitting in three feet of water? Yeah. <laughs> should I set it up on a picnic table? <laughs> uh but yeah this is the time of year we're getting ready even looking at all the shows we're going to be going to and whatnot and it's uh yeah kind of disappointing not to get out there right now it is definitely different uh work's been going nuts though so that's keeping me busy i'm still working well, from good. my basement yeah that's good well it's good what's good is that like so so many people have such uh changed work you know, work and home lives and vacation. It's it's fortunate that, uh, well, I know you and myself, like, we're not the types that fly down south to a beach or anything. So we're not missing that. No. And uh, we can still do our camping, so that's good. But other than that, it's uh, work is busy. I Like, I'm still busy with work. It's I'm fortunate enough that, that uh, COVID didn't uh, put me out of work. So I'm, I'm you know, I'm lucky for that. And uh, so, yeah, it's... Uh, Things are rolling along. It's good to be busy. It keep, makes life go quick. Well, that's the one thing that we've been saying since this all started a year ago was that uh, at least we're all still in our house uh, collecting a paycheck. And, you know, there, there's people yes. we know that uh, aren't so lucky. So, Yes, it's a, yeah, it is unfortunate, but it's 
It's one of those luck of the draw things, right? Yeah. Uh, sort of to keep on, our first topic tonight is sort of based on the whole COVID thing. Uh, we've been trying, I mean, we mentioned it, but we try not to harp on it too much. Yeah, um, it's not fun. Here in Ontario, we have the lockdown. And to say I've been a bit depressed since they announced this current lockdown and travel ban uh, is a bit of a, a, an understatement. Uh, I, know, I know a lot of people are in the same boat. You know, in February is when cabin fever starts to hit. Blue Monday was a couple of weeks ago. And in just, what, third January or third Monday in every January? Yes. Um, you know, and I thought things were going to be a lot better come spring this year. Like this time of year, things are going to be a whole lot better because, you know, we were all smart and doing what we we're supposed to. And then there was the big second wave. Uh, which now seems to be coming down a bit. Hopefully it keeps going that way. And I thought we were going to be out for a couple of winter camping trips already by now. And I know, right? The next one is Family Day weekend, which is in a couple of weeks. The lockdown day expires the day before. Yeah. Um, I, call, I called up Algonquin Park to see about canceling my reservation for that weekend. And they said, well, we'll only give you half your money back. What? Yeah. Uh, if they extend the ban into that weekend, uh, then we'll get the full amount back. But because there's no travel ban into the weekend, then they will only give us our fifty percent. So they're not doing like they did last year. Because I was, uh, well, I'm booked for Mew Lake Family Day weekend as well. But uh, it's just with the way that everything's gone that we just didn't think that we're gonna follow through with that because we, we had we're going to go camping elsewhere right yeah yeah no nope. so right now not- unless unless they extend the ban past family day weekend you will only hmm. get 50 percent back wow uh-huh so my 175 bucks is now going to be about 80 bucks huh unless i yeah I booked extra nights so mine's over 200 yeah um, anyway, like I say, I thought we were going to be doing some winter camping and stuff like that. And that yet here we are sort of thing. Then you huh. sent me an article entitled Nomads of the Sea, yes. a sea kayaker's response to the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in 2020, they're say they're in the same boat that we were, you know, 2020, exactly. there was big plans for some exhibition, uh, exhibitions, uh, expeditions. Uh, trips, training. Uh, he was looking at becoming a sea kayak guide. That was his one of his big plans for 2020. And then COVID hit, and like a lot of us, their plans were put on hold. Um, I read the article, and it got me thinking of you know what? This is what we sort of been saying all along before the the new lockdown hit, the travel ban hit. Um, so I, I'd like I want to read it. I'm glad you sent this to me says, we choose adventure over comforts. We choose to trade our home for the wild, breathing in the unexpected, facing fear. We choose being free, roaming the world, breathing the salty ocean air. We choose to pause our modern life for the endlessly repeating cycle of paddle, eat, sleep, repeat. Sometimes hike and maybe a camp in there as well. We choose to go on that expedition. And the next one, 
we choose to resign on our on our privileges for a certain period of time with our regular life in sight just in case. But as you've probably noticed, we choose. And suddenly something happens far beyond our scope of control, and suddenly there is no choice. Suddenly we're stuck, home, like a cage. No fight, no train, no ferry, no bus, all expeditions and opportunities gone. The desire to progress postponed until further notice. So we wait, pausing our adventurous life for the endlessly repeating cycle. Work, eat, sleep, repeat. And washing our hands. A lot. Grieving for this version of ourselves that was connected to the wild side of nature. From a time when all we needed was a kayak and tent, being nomads of the sea. Grieving for the version of ourselves we wanted to be by the end of this year. But we won't. And then we remember, we chose adventure over comfort. We chose the unexpected. We chose fear. Giving up our privilege, privileges for a certain time. In a question of perspective. On all those past expeditions, we've pushed our limits and crossed boundaries. We've been brave. We've been resilient. We grew with each single setback we faced. So we remember the friends we've made, we reach out, we reconnect, we support each other, and most importantly, we plan ahead. It is a question of perspective, and it is a question of time until we go on with our journey together. We've been saying this for quite the while. It's, it's well written, definitely well written. It is. Yes. And it's, it's, I'm glad you sent it to me because I sort of said, well, you know what? Like, we've been saying that too long and it's not happening. And now here we are stuck in a travel ban where, you know, we can't even go up north or anything like that. So I'm glad you sent that. So he is right. Um, it is just it a matter of. Is reality. It's what we're facing ourselves. And it's, he's just worded it in a way that kind of really, you know, concretes in our minds. It's like, yeah, that's exactly what I've experienced. I just didn't know to put it in that, those kind of words. Mm -hmm. um, so we're used to giving up our comfort levels to go paddling. You know, outside on the water has become our comfortable place. And right now we have to choose to give that comfort up. You know, when you, when you start to look at it, yeah, I give up my bed and I give up my my stove and my fridge and cold food, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but now we, we're stuck here and I'm looking for that comfort of being on the water, being in the backcountry, being in nature, being with friends paddling, you know. So it, and it's not like we're losing it forever. So what I'm saying is reach out to your fellow paddlers and talk, reconnect with ones that you've lost, lost touch with. Talk about past trips and ideas for new trips. Talk about skills you'd like to try and learn and see if, you know, there's others that want to learn as well. I threw out the idea a few years ago about um, learning to canoe pole. Yes. And a whole lot of it, well, I'm up for that. And we ended up with a group of us learning to, to pole canoes down a river, right? Uh, so yeah, if there's something you want to learn, throw it out there. Now's the time to say, Hey, let's, let's start planning this because on our future, let's plan when we escape this thing. And yeah, exactly. Make your plan, you know, trips for the, for the coming year and, um, hope for the best. I mean, we always say half the fun 
is planning the trip, is it not? It is. Absolutely. Maps, books, my friend Google, and everybody's friend Google. Um, join Facebook groups, ask questions there, because chances are there's somebody that has done the trip that you're planning and will answer the questions you have. And who knows, maybe you find yourself a new paddling partner. Um, just funny kind of brings to mind. It's like, uh, you know, we have the comforts of our home. And then, like you said, it's like right now, because of whatever we've, we've we're missing out on certain comforts and certain activities, but it, it's kind of brings to mind that, you know, I, 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 I enjoy giving up the comforts of home so that I can enjoy the discomforts of camping, mm-hmm. which is kind of a comfort in its own. It's like a, it's that mental comfort. You're, you get, you're getting away from the the hustle bustle, the buzz, the the you know social media and TV and you know cars and traffic, and so all that comes with the comfort of home. But you're really now you're earning that comfort of silence and the discomfort of camping. But it's a different kind of comfort, and it's uh, it's that joy and pleasure of being out and solo and on your own, and and the quiet solitude, and and you know just listening to the wind in the trees, and the 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 the, the sound of water on a paddle, and the thunk of a paddle on a, the the gunnels of a canoe type thing. It's just all those comforting sounds type thing. It's uh, it just kind of this all kind of brings perspective to you know what we do enjoy when we do get out there on the water. Yeah. And it makes you think about why you're doing it. You know, why, why, you know, now we're stuck full time here, you know, in the (laughs) house and, and under these rules. Um, Yeah. That unfortunately we need to follow right now to hopefully get out on the water again. But now you're, you're realizing, well, this is why I did all that so that I don't need to be, stuck at home and I mean right now I I commute to my basement to work all day and lately I've been playing Minecraft with my daughter (laughs) that's what I've been reduced to (laughs) work and Minecraft and the internet I don't think I've ever played Minecraft oh dude I've been you can there's this creative mode there you can build buildings and stuff like that I've my daughter's got this one that's uh, ancient Greece um, so that you basically you're, you're in ancient Greece and you can build stuff using pillars and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> I've built the Colosseum. I've built oh, yeah? Greek temples. <laughs> I, <laughs> you name it. Man, I'm getting good. <laughs> You're going to get your junior architect license. Oh, I tell you. <laughs> Come on, bring it on, baby. What do you need, Bill? If I'm your man, as long as it's in Minecraft. Yeah. <laughs> so never thought out of those words ever. So, um, so yeah, you know what? Chin up, everybody. We're we're gonna get through this. We're looking forward to to seeing everybody out on the water again. And uh, you know, like I say, I was a bit depressed there, thinking, oh, man, he just we're we're so close, you know. And then all of a sudden. The holidays happened and people were start doing the, well, I don't want to be stuck indoors anymore and travel and, and here we are worse than we were to begin with. So I know. steady the course folks and we'll be out in the water and before you know it. So with all that in mind, I'm planning trips for the summer and I think tomogamy is definitely in the cards. Um, 
And there's one trip I'm looking at doing, which was put on the back burner with a certain somebody. I'm not going to mention who, uh, back in the fall. Um, hopefully that's going to happen and it's going to be a good one. Northwest territories or the Yukon. That's pretty, uh, it's pretty aggressive. That's going to be summer 2022. Yes. Um, obviously, yeah, obviously not this year. Yeah, I mean, right now the Yukon and all that, they got a mandatory 14 day. Unless if my boss is working like he, you know, doesn't. Uh, can I get like a month and a half off? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to need two weeks quarantine to get there. Each way. And then, and then when I'm there, I have two weeks. And then when I get back out of quarantine again. Yeah. Six weeks, please. <laughs> Seven just to round it up, just in case. Yeah. Because I'm taking all the time to get up there. I might as well spend three weeks, not just two. Um, yeah, I, like I say, they got the, the mandatory 14 days. So this is I'm, I'm planning this for 2022. I'm thinking maybe White Horse to Dawson City, maybe a bit farther, maybe part of the Mackenzie River up to Anuvik. Uh This is just the early stages. We're just looking at stuff. And I know people have done the, well, John Van Berger's done the Yukon River. Um, Yukon mm-hmm. Steve lives up in, up in the, uh, Dawson city. So yeah, there's lots of people up there we can chit chat with. And yeah. it would be Tracy's first Northern paddling adventure too. That would be very cool for her. Yeah. She's been paddling like on a trip. She's been to Algonquin. She's been to Killarney, but that's, I think is North interior trip that she's been is Killarney. Oh yeah. Yeah. So yeah, so something like that would be really cool. And see, now that she's gone and gotten into doing canoe trips with me, I can plan all these and not have to try to find a partner. <laughs> there you go. Hey, what do you Open think this year? Exactly. <laughs> uh, well, or who knows? We may end up up in Churchill, Manitoba. Who knows? But that's, uh, <laughs> yeah, you know what? Like, I mean, right now, um, we're we're looking at our schedule like it's any other year right now. Well, what weeks we want off in the summer and I mean, again, with, with uh, her working in the COVID unit, um, I, you know, if she gets time off or doesn't, whatever. Uh, but yeah, we're, we're looking at it as like as a regular year right now and where we're going to book our trips, you know, weekend here, long weekend there, a week there, that sort of thing. And uh, see what happens. We're just going to play it. And if we end up having to cancel, we end up having to cancel if we... Lose a few bucks on it, then we lose a, fuck, a few bucks on it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there you so, go. And what do you got planned? Nothing. Uh, no, we've got we've been batting around some ideas. Like, of course, there's the uh, there's the Burt Reynolds uh, Memorial River Run, right? And uh, so the, there was there was talk last year. Like initially, we we didn't know that Martin would uh, join us again after our previous incident on the Noir River. Mm-hmm. But uh, he's uh, he's starting to show some interest again. And it probably, it didn't take him long. It only took him a few weeks. And, and then he says, you know what, he's, I think he's back into it, yada, yada, yada. So, we're, so now we're kind of, we haven't talked about it in a while, but uh, we're talking about doing the same trip sort of, but the, a longer one. So it would be the Coulange crossover onto the Noir and do the, so we'd be redoing the Noir, but we'd be doing a crossover from the Coulange. Both rivers run side by side with the access road going right up between the two. And um, so it's, uh, it, we're, we we have talked about that and we're hoping to get more people. We're hoping to get uh, as a minimum three canoes, six people 
And uh, I think it would be a lot more fun with a larger group. And plus, as we learned on the last one, uh, there can be safety in numbers. <laughs> so, so, so I think uh, you know, on a larger trip like this, I think it'd be nicer to have a few extra people to to help out with uh, some of the uh, share some of the risks and get some help on some of the rough sections, right? Ah, the Noir River's yeah. cursed. Don't run it again. <laughs> He's cursed, I tell you, yeah. cursed. And me and uh, I think it was uh, just just last night. Me and Siobhan started talking about because uh, I, I mentioned that it's like, hey, you know, uh, the five month booking thing is uh, it's upon us. We're looking at mm-hmm. uh, you know, we're going to be looking at July. We need to start thinking about summer vacations and so on. So I don't know what the uh, the future holds for reservations over the summer for the park and so on. But uh, if things continue to improve like they are, then it looks like we may have a good chance to uh, to reserve and book another interior trip somewhere. And uh, so we're, we're right now we're currently thinking of uh, of Tomogamy, sort of a similar route that me and Mike did last summer in yep. Tomogamy, but. We're, not, we're obviously not going to do the falls route because the kids will be with us. And, ah, and so you lose one. That's why you have two. One's a spare. <laughs> I know, right? And so it wasn't even the water that that concerned me because the water isn't so bad there. It's the uh, the portages themselves are so rough, and they can get so slippery if it rains. And it's just tumbled boulders and steep crevasses, and it's like uh, I don't think I can put a seven and a ten year old on those portages. Chicken. <laughs> well, it's, it's just it would take too long, and the risk of injury in the backcountry. So, but we're looking at doing. Uh, um, so we're looking at doing the similar trip that me and Mike did last year, just all flat water, and and uh, so Lady Evelyn and not Lady Evelyn, yeah, Lady Evelyn yeah. Lake and. And so it, it may be doing uh, the, the, the same climb up to uh, shoot Maple Mountain. Maple Mountain, yeah. Yeah. So it's uh, we're, we're looking at doing somewhat similar, but sort of mixing it up and doing some stuff where I haven't been before. But uh, I really enjoyed the trip me and Mike did last year, so it, uh, it's definitely something that is on the books for the family. Yeah. Last year, I like, like I say, I, I take Tracy and the kids to Algonquin because – it's close, and there's lots of spots they've never been that I've been. And but after last year, oh man, it's if they're looking at the same backcountry traffic this year oh, as they I know, had right? last year, yeah, yeah, I'm going farther afield. I really exactly. Yeah. I love it's Algonquin so Park, but it's not a good place to be. Like, yeah. there's just too much traffic, too many people. I Like, we that was the first thing both of us said. That's just like, okay, until things settle down, we're not going to Algonquin. Mm-hmm. Unless it's like a late fall trip where, you know, everybody else is uh, not going into the backcountry type thing. So, yeah. And, and unfortunately, we had, we had planned on, like, we probably would have been gone winter camping twice by now already, right? But yeah. with lockdown and travel ban, it's... Uh, kind of threw a wrench into those things so because i had just acquired a new winter tent uh last fall so i was kind of excited to be using that because it's lightweight we can put it on a sled and drag it into the backcountry with the kids but uh that that got changed but uh next winter next winter i'll be going to the backcountry with the kids well we yeah there's lots of plans on the on the back burners but uh it's really hard to plan not knowing what's going on but we are definitely going to you're looking at Tomogamy and the area what we're going in Tomogamy, you can't really, what is it? You can't book more than, you have to book within uh, two weeks and under or something, I think. Yeah, was. in advance. Yeah. Yeah. 
So you can't book out. You have to, yeah, if we're going to go in July, we have to book in July. Yeah. Yeah, we we did the winter camping back in Halloween, but, uh, you know, there was no snow. It was just rain. We had to cancel our New Year's uh, winter camping trip because of uh, COVID oh, yeah. and everything. Yeah, you had that book too, didn't you? So family day coming up would have been our third uh, winter camping trip here um, with the new tent as well. So, yeah. well, is what it is, and we'll yeah. uh, keep planning. Yeah, we'll just keep planning stuff, and uh, we'll go from there and see what happens. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of outdoors, I used to have a spot unit, and yes. I was used that for years. I was like one of the first kids on the block to have one, as it's, far as I it's know. A Gen 1 you have? Gen 1, yep. Um, we got it because, uh, Tracy saw Les Stroud and Survivor Man had one and, uh, found, Ooh, you know what? That'd be pretty good for Sean to have on his canoe trips when he's going solo tripping. So I ended up with one. So that's, wow, man, that's ages ago, like 10 years or something now, at least. Uh And, uh, that, I gave that up a couple years back just because, I don't need anything other than that push a button in case something happens sort of deal. But all their plans at the time were geared towards hooking it up with your cell phone and sending sat messages and blah, 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 blah. And they were forcing me to pay um, those kind of costs for functions I will never, ever, ever use. Exactly, right? So, yeah. Yeah, so I got I got rid of that. I'd contemplated getting it in reach and been flip flopping whether I get the brand new, you know, and get a newer spot or do I get the in reach? And they've got the flexible plans. But was it two years ago now? You saw this new one called the Zaleo. Yes, I saw it for the first time at the Toronto Outdoor Show. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, that's the one I have is the Zaleo GPS, and so the Zaleo unit and. Uh, I just, I, when they talked about it at the outdoor show and one of the biggest things that appealed to me is that they, and now a few other of the providers are doing this too, but uh, one of the big things that really clinched it for me is that you can put yours on standby, not use it, and it costs you five bucks a month to maintain your account and that's it. That's your cost. So, and you could, you can, uh, you can do that whenever you want. So, like for mine, I haven't used it since the fall. It's only, it's been on, it's been turned off, and so it's uh, cost me five dollars a month, and so that'll save me a, a, a load, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and one of the things that I like, I I've had the I had the spot communicator at one time, and uh, so I had spot communicator. I was kind of grumbly because it it needed a, a smartphone for any and all uses just to turn it on basically. Right. And so it was, uh, I'd used it for summer. I use it quite a bit too. And, uh, but then over the winter I said, okay, well I'm going to cancel my subscription because I won't be using it again until like, I'm not going to use it for six or eight months. Right. I'm not going to use it again until the following July. And so I turned it off in the fall and, and then, (laughs) and then, that next July, when I uh, I called, said, "Yeah, I'm going to go on a trip. I need to activate my spot communicator." And they said, "Oh no! Well, once you uh, cancel your subscription, you're never allowed to re-register it again." It's like, what are you talking about? It's like, 
<laughs> they said, oh, no, you can only keep your subscription if you didn't cancel your subscription. So and they so, said, but what we'll do, they will let you buy a new one. <laughs> Are you kidding me? So I obviously didn't go back with Spot. And then uh, the following six months later, when I was at the Toronto Outdoor Show, I saw this Leo GPS. And uh, I've used this thing quite a bit. It's uh, It's got a lot of functions and features that I really like. And uh, I noted that, uh, well, of course, I've got a membership, so they email me stuff. And so they uh, they emailed me a notification that uh, Zaleo has been named Product of the Year at the third annual Outdoor Retailer Innovation Awards. So the Outdoor Retailer Show, it's where all the outdoor retailers get together under, under 150,000 square foot roof, and they all, you know, the, it's it's. It's for it's not for the public. Basically, it's for all about all the outdoor retailers. And uh, so at this outdoor show, they, you know, there was 189 different devices that were up for, up for to win the prize. And uh, uh, a team of like 16 judges found that uh, they name and they Zaleo won product of the year. So I think that's pretty cool. It's mm-hmm. uh, I agree with them. I agree that it's a it's very interesting product and it's a good product. There's lots of features that are really good and uh, I I good for them. They won product of the year award for the outdoor retailer innovation awards. Well, for a, a while, Spot and InReach are the only options, right? Yeah. So now to, it's great to see some of these new ones being recognized and sort of maybe it'll put Spot and InReach up there going, oh, we better maybe fix some of the little glitches we yeah. have all the, all the so yeah they had people hogtied it's like I hate <laughs> me so n- now that there's more options they go okay well maybe we'll have to listen to the complaints and mm-hmm. let people have what they want right we'll so see. there's nothing better in the market than having competition mm-hmm. always good so well it uh see what uh, zaleo does in the future then maybe i mm-hmm. might start looking at one of those it's a pretty neat unit Hmm. Maybe you should lend me yours. <laughs> Absolutely, I could do that. On your dime <laughs> for the next three years. <laughs> yeah, sure. No problem. <laughs> uh, um, you've got an update. I guess Alan Drummond. Uh, Alan provided us Alan an update. Provide us an update. Alan Drummond, we have him on as well. You'll, if you if you watch our YouTube or our uh, Facebook page, you see videos once in a while. Alan Drummond from Kingdom Outdoor Products. Um, he's big into the the kayaking and stuff, so he'll put little bits where he's out in Toronto Harbor and and stuff like that. And uh, he's got his little hashtag allocation to show all the places he goes. It's pretty cool watching. We're, we're, we get a bit jealous on the places he goes while we're sitting here working and whatnot. But he listened to our show last week, the end of the show when everybody was humming and hawing about these yes. big, long, open water, multi-day trips in a kayak. Yeah. We should have had Alan on the show. We should have had Alan. What it did is, uh, for one, it said, "Hey, somebody listens to the show." <laughs> oh yeah, it's Alan. <laughs> Alan, listen to the show. So that makes two people: <laughs> Alan and your mom. <laughs> he sent us exactly. So he sent us a note, basically in response to all of the the weird questions and queries. And he says, "Well, you should have had me on." But uh, so yeah, so he updated us on our questions. So anybody rec- recalls from last week, we had like Sean was saying, it's like. 
how, we all were wondering, like all three of us were going, how do you go to the bathroom in a kayak? If you have to do a long stretch, you don't have islands to drop into. How do you do number one and number two? Besides <laughs> so, jumping out and. Yeah. Yeah. And he said, he said, especially in cold water, it's kind of, it's easy to jump in the water and go pee, but it's kind of difficult, awkward, and weird to jump in the water to do number two, right? Yeah. So, but he said uh, he gave some very pointed answers here in his response on uh, Messenger to us. But yeah, it's, uh, so, I don't know, do we actually want to talk about this, these weird and gross details? <laughs> do you have the, do you have the post right there? Um, I could pull it up yeah. in a second. Well, yeah. um, let's see. When we had mentioned, maybe you like raft your kayaks together and then somebody on the outside hangs hangs their butt over. He's, actually, that's one of the ways they do do it, he says. Yeah. Um, peeing into a sponge and then rin- rinsing it out. Yeah. Uh, that one came from... Um, why am I blanking on her name? Freya Hoffmeister. Yeah. Um, there's also a funnel that you can use if you're in a wet or dry suit and the men's dry suit that she uses has a, um, a zipper, I guess. A a pee zipper. A men's pee pee zipper. Yeah. So she just uses the, I can't remember what it's called, but it is a female pee funnel. Yeah. And, uh, is it the Jill or something like that? Something like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, yeah. Um, use your raft, uh, your, your safety float and paddles as an outrigger. This one I can't really, and I don't know that I really want to see it either. (laughs) No, no, but I can visualize it. Your sea kayak. (laughs) Use your safety float and paddle as an outrigger and simply put your butt over the side. Takes practice, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> Not attempted myself, <laughs> but Freya Hoffmeister used this method on her multi-day crossing of the Gulf of Carpentaria in northern Australia when she circumnavigated the continent. Because, yeah, I wouldn't want to be jumping into that shark-infested waters. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, thank you, Alan, for all this information. One thing that I found interesting, one of the things he responded with, and it's another thing I was wondering about is, uh, is it doesn't even have to do with number one, number two. It's like, if you've been paddling for like 10 hours, you're getting, it's a long crossing, no islands. It's like, like, honestly, my back would be killing me. And so he explained it and it just. I'm, I'm sure I would have thought about this organically anyways, but he said on, on longer crossings, you just jump out and go for a swim and float on your back and relax and you get to straighten your legs out and you're straighten your hip out and you loosen your hip joints and you can, so basically he said you, you raft up a bunch of people. And you want one person at a time can jump out mm-hmm. and uh, you can just in your dry suit, you can just lay there and stretch out and it's, it'd be good on the bones. And so instead of standing up and stretching the legs, you're laying down in the water or swimming in the water and, and stretching your muscles. And, and so the everybody else is there as safety to help you get back into your boat. And so, you know, the normal recovery and stuff like that to recover into a kayak. And uh, so people take turns and uh, people take turns swimming and, give a good rest and kind of give those old bones a, a kind of some movement, right? Mm-hmm. 
So that's just an update from last week's. And yeah, we should have had Alan on, but Alan's the guy that we have to put a big. S- <laughs> do you not remember the last <laughs> time he no, was on? Do not, swear. do not swear on a piece of paper on it. His- <laughs> <laughs> uh, he swears worse than a sailor. <laughs> I tells you. Uh, other things going on. Okay. Puxatani <laughs> Phil says there's six more weeks of winter. Wyart- he's the only one. He's the only one. <laughs> Wyerton <laughs> Willie says it's an early spring. Shubanakadee Sam says it's an early spring. And Fred Lamarmo, early spring from he, yes, from the, the Gaspé Peninsula. Gaspé. Uh, sh- was it Sam? Uh, no, sorry. No, uh, Paxitani Phil. He apparently has been doing this since 1886. 1886. That's incredible, eh? A 135-year-old groundhog. I didn't know they lived that long. I was not aware. Was that's not pretty crazy. Aware. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Staten Island Chuck also projects an early spring. So it's, right now it's, it's, it's Chuck, Sam, and Fred against Phil. Three say yeah. early spring. And if you're in Puxatawney, it sucks to be you because you're having winter while the rest of us will be enjoying spring. <laughs> but Staten Island Chuck at the Staten Island Zoo, a.k.a. Charles G. <laughs> Hogg. <laughs> you knew I was going to bring this up. Yes. I was wondering how we could cover this. Tactfully. Viewers railed against the Staten Island Zoo Tuesday for uploading a pre-recorded video online of Staten Island Chuck stepping out of his burrow and boldly predicting an early spring. The spectators tuned into the zoo's first virtual Groundhog Day event, but quickly noticed that despite two days of harsh winter weather, there was no snow on the ground as the famous rodent packed out, poked his head out of his tiny cabin. How dare you fake a groundhog prediction? There was not a drop of snow on the ground. They were out in sweatshirts, and it was sunny, one person posted. Uh, it is so, yeah. not sunny here on Staten Island now. Everything has been canceled in 2020. Why didn't you just cancel it? Maybe Chuck has relocated and is giving his predictions from Florida, wrote another comment. (laughs) (laughs) So, apparently, they take their Groundhog Day very, very Very seriously. seriously. Chuck is in the bad books. Chuck can't catch a break. And speaking of which, I thought that the what I thought was going to be awkward was the other part that I we had discussed previously to recording. It is also the sixth consecutive year that Mayor Bill de, Blia, de Blasio, Blasio has skipped the festivities after his 2014 debacle in which he dropped Chuck, played by a 10-month-old female groundhog named Charlotte. The groundhog passed of internal injuries a week later. The Staten Island Zoo did not respond to a request for comment. Like, wow. I can see why he wouldn't do it again. But the fact that people are in an uproar 
They're steamed, it says, over a pre-recorded Groundhog Day. Well, I can see that. Like, see, for for me, the accuracy like, – Groundhog's got to make his – how does he make an accurate prediction if he doesn't do it on the day of? Like, honest to goodness. like <laughs> You know this is like wrestling. It's fake, right? No, this is science. This is science. That's, Phil, is a, Phil is 135 years old, Derek. He's a 135-year-old groundhog. He's well-established, well-experienced. And I'm, is, is there any, I don't know if there's any fat rodent experts out there, but uh, does anybody know the science behind a hundred, how a, a fat rodent can live 135 years? I want to know. That's like a whale or a turtle, a tortoise, a, a, an <laughs> elephant. Go. He's got yeah. turtle DNA in him. <laughs> he, he's the rodent of, he's, he's the turtle of the rodent family. That's awesome. So according to three out of four groundhogs, expect an early spring, folks. There you go. Let's take a I'm quick... going on that early spring. <laughs> <laughs> we'll take a quick break and we'll be right back. Hi, this is Derek Sprest. You're listening to Paddling Adventures Radio. If you like what you've been hearing, you can find out more by checking us out at paddlingadventuresradio.com, as well as on Facebook, Instagram, and on Twitter. You can find all of our episodes on iTunes, Google Play, and the episode page for our website, where all our podcasts are available for download or streaming. We love to hear from our listeners, so if you have a suggestion for the show or want to let us know how we're doing, please drop us a line. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the show. This portion of the show is brought to you by Algonquin Outfitters. Algonquin Outfitters, providing quality Algonquin Park backcountry adventures for the entire family since 1961. Whether you want to get on the water for a day or a week, the friendly staff at Algonquin Outfitters can help you out. Find them online at algonquinoutfitters.com or visit one of their 12 locations. Algonquin Outfitters, your outdoor adventure store, with locations in Algonquin Park, Muskoka, and Halliburton. Welcome back. So I was Googling the other day, looking for places to paddle. And I came across South Africa, uh, specifically the Orange River. Okay, yes. There's parts of the Orange River that remind me of, like, almost of parts of the Colorado River, the Grand Canyon and stuff like that. Just some of the, the scenery that they show. Okay. Um, there's tour companies there that'll take you on paddling trips a couple days to five days canoes, kayaks. They got these inflatable two-person rafts uh, that you go down on. Everything's paid for. and I didn't see any tents. Um, people were basically sleeping out in the open in sleeping bags. Okay. Which would be cool. I mean, how much rain does South Africa get? Uh, well, it is, uh, it is a, a dry desert, so a lot of it. Mm-hmm. Along the southern coast, it's a little bit more yeah. watery. Anyway, but otherwise, um, yeah, there's not much rain. No. Uh, Ograbi's Falls, 183 feet, 56 meters high. That's oh, wow. a pretty big one. How tall is uh, Niagara Falls? I don't know. It's <laughs> <laughs> tall. It's tall. And there's a lot of water. Yeah. I've been seeing that for 50 years. I don't think I ever knew how tall it was. I just know, oh, that's Niagara Falls. <laughs> There's two national parks on the, the Orange River. 
Um, there's definitely spots from all the pictures I looked at. You are not paddling the entire thing. And I think it's like over 2,000 kilometers long. It's a long river. Yeah, but it, goes, it, it's a, it looks like a nice river. Yeah, you know what? There's some really nice looking. And this brings you back to the parts of what wildlife would you see on a trip like that that you wouldn't see without, like... When you, when you think of Africa, you think of people going on safaris and stuff, right? So as yeah. you're paddling down this river, what are you going to see? It be yeah, you know, it's we get used to certain things here, right? And mm-hmm. and it's one of those things. It's you you think of certain a certain quantity and type of animal, and depending on the continent, like you know, they always say that everything on in in uh, Australia tries to kill you and yeah. here you're dealing with uh you know black bears, brown bears, grizzly bears, polar bears and Moose you know and stuff wolves. like that. But apparently from statist- statistically wise you are at the highest risk of injuries with moose. Mhm. Yeah. You're always worried about the bears but it's like man, you guys got to start worrying about moose. Yeah, I've never come across a aggressive moose though. Oh, no, um, you have? No, I said neither have I. Oh, neither have you. Been fortunate. Yeah, yeah, I've I've always come across, and you gotta you gotta keep your distance and stuff like that. Yeah, um, don't provoke them. No, um, but yeah, I mean they're they're I've come around a corner in my Ford Ranger when I used to drive a Ford Ranger little mini pickup truck. And there was a moose standing right in the middle. And if I had not stopped fast enough, <laughs> the front of my truck would have went right under its belly. Oh. And its belly would have taken out my windshield. Yeah. And me. <laughs> and and that's the majority of injuries. And you see it a lot in Newfoundland because they're overrun with moose. Mm-hmm. Is uh, because they have such long legs because they do tend to, you know, they, they live their life in water. They need the height. But uh, it puts the, the body, like, you just kind of, pop out the, their knees and the entire body ends up inside the car with you. I think the only car that would be safe would be like a smart car. Cause it could probably drive <laughs> right underneath <laughs> or like a Ferrari, Ferrari or something. Lamborghini. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're going to, you're going to have those and driving through the rules of a Gulkin park. <laughs> probably. Especially those dirt roads. I'm yes. taking mine. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, we're sidetracked. So, what we, tell me about the animals in South Africa. So as I was getting more into more, because it, it does look like a nice place to go. Um, yes. I've always wanted to. I came across an article on a site called The Planet D. So theplanetd.com is a, a Canadian run by a Canadian couple that travel the, the world. They do a Does blog and stuff like that. Start with a D. Uh, no, the first name's Do, and oh, okay. They're they're talking about kayaking in South Africa. So, oh, uh, check this out. Saint Lucia on the eastern shore, not the island in the Caribbean, the eastern shore of South Africa. So, Pretoria and Johannesburg. If you go southeast of there, you'll find Durban right on the coast, and just north of that is St. Lucia. Um, they say they've, they've paddled all over the world. They've had minke whales breach right behind them in Antarctica. They've seen vultures in Croatia, face-to-face with a moose in northern Canada, 
but there's something unsettling about kayaking in a body of water filled with man-eating predators who wouldn't <laughs> think twice about pulling you in. <laughs> we knew that we were in for a different excursion than usual when our guide gave us a list of numbers to call in case anything should happen to him. <laughs> so it's not about being experienced or inexperienced. It's just that, well, odds on it, these, these animals could take anybody out. So this is more like, this to me sounds more like a, not an if, but a when. <laughs> <laughs> In truth, crocodiles and hippos kill more people in Africa than anything else. Wow. So let's get in a kayak and go meet them. I know, right? Uh, there's, a steady st <laughs> there's a steady stream of thrill seekers entering the water each day in search of crocodiles, hippos, and bull sharks. Oh, yeah. And let's not forget about the sharks. <laughs> <laughs> The St. Lucia estuary is filled with 800 hippos, 1,200 crocodiles, and countless sharks of different species. Wow. Sign me up. <laughs> Who wouldn't want to go? <laughs> but wait, that's not all. <laughs> wait, there's more. <laughs> the, the, day, <coughs> the day before we were told a woman who has who was eaten by a crocodile while fishing. She had fished these waters all her life, but a croc finally got her. Years <laughs> earlier, an Australian woman decided to go for a swim, and she never made it out. Nobody swims in these waters, and only the truly insane kayak in them. Mind you, talk to any local, and it seems that everyone has kayaked in the St. Lucia estuary. They seem so nonchalant about it. So... <laughs> Sign me up, baby. I know, right? <laughs> it seems like it's it's not uh, it's not a matter of the odds. It's just a matter of time, yeah. as you said earlier. So, <laughs> of course, I mean, at that point, I got to be thinking. They're thinking, well, you know what? This is pretty cool. We're going to see crocodiles. <laughs> We're going to see hippos we might see some sharks and of course when answer me this when you say oh we're going to see sharks you're thinking jaws right off the bat are you not you're thinking <laughs> that shark good. fin coming at you directly <laughs> not going over oh yeah it's just passing us by 30 feet over there no no it's coming right at us that's what you're thinking yeah and there's eerie music coming from under the water uh, you travel with your own theme music <laughs> If you like adrenaline and thrills, the sheer thought of getting into the water with wild crocodiles is exciting, and that's why people do it. This isn't a controlled amusement park environment, because you know, if it was, I think there might be some health and safety concerns. I know, right? The, the, <laughs> the insurance alone. <laughs> Keep your hands and feet inside at all times. This is untamed Africa, and even if you don't have a hippo surface, surface in right in front of your boat or get too close to a crocodile, your heart will be pounding just by the sheer thought that they are under the water. And that's the part that gets you is, you know, they're there. You just don't know where it's just like a <laughs> horror movie. You know, something's jumping out with a knife. You just don't know when man with a hook hand or where Yeah, he's got a hook hand. As we launched our boats into the river, our guide told us to be very careful. 
This is the most vulnerable location of the entire safari. Well, that's going to help. So I'm not getting him out, I said. <laughs> stay, stay alert and do not turn your back away from the water or even put a toe in it. Crocodiles attack in shallow water and because people launch regularly... <laughs> Because people launch regularly from here, they know where the food is. <laughs> okay, that's red flag number 842 of the trip. <laughs> <laughs> the water is only an average of three feet deep. The first and only rule when paddling was never to put your hands or feet in the water. I kind of think that would go without saying. <laughs> we didn't have the chance to cover a lot of ground and unfortunately the rain had started so most of the animals were dipping under the water to stay warm we'd see crocodiles in the distance but every time we came close they'd dip under the water closer closer <laughs> it's luring me in <laughs> he's luring just wait Phil wait they'll come over and see us <laughs> eventually we didn't see a croc but we all, so we all made our way to the hippos, cause you know, <laughs> if <laughs> the croc's not going to get you, <laughs> hippos are the moose of South Africa. <laughs> hippos are fierce and scarier than crocodiles. Uh, I think I said crocodiles. Crocodiles. Uh, the rule rule for paddling with hippos is to keep at least thirty meters or ninety feet away. As we approached, they made noise and seemed that either warning us to back off or warning others to take notice. Hippos can move fast, and if threatened, they will charge. That's insane. Now, of course, we know we've seen National Geographic, how fast they can go. and Yeah, run, I've seen multiple spe videos. Especially underwater. My thing is, can they leap? Can they breach like a whale? <laughs> I think so. I think they have enough momentum that, they, well, I don't think they could actually leave the water. I don't think they, they don't have like a, a tail like a whale does, like a whale can leap out of the water. I, I think they can just lunge out of the water. So basically knock your boat. You were yeah, talking about statistics earlier. You oh, could, what was I saying? You could be a statistic. Oh, I know, right? So that was a thing. It was yeah. so when I heard that they were Canadians, I thought, oh yeah, Derek would go down there, and Derek would be another Canadian vacationer was eaten by a hippopotamus today. But how many people could actually say, yeah, my brother, yeah, you got eaten by a hippo, <laughs> snagged well, him right out of the kayak. It's such a rare event; you'd want to put it on your headstone, wouldn't it? Though, Derek eaten by hippo. <laughs> It was a hungry hippo. It was a hungry, hungry hippo. <laughs> Famous last words. What the? F <laughs> oh, the last thing that went through his brain. They can breach. <laughs> oh. Yeah, the videos to see them it is it is staggering. Like, and it's only in just in the last few years that I've seen these videos of hippos. But it's like you see it, and the guy is in a motorboat, and he starts to give it gas. You can see he's getting concerned, and then you see this thing. It's like every time it raises 
is he the hippo butt must be bouncing off the bottom of the water, right? Mm-hmm. So every time you see it bounce, he's like another thirty feet closer, and then the guy gives it full gas, and that hippo was catching up for a bit, and it's like, oh wow, that thing is moving. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. For as big as they are, apparently they're very streamlined. They like they must have the skin of a golf ball just to cut through the water. There was. A YouTube movie. I wish I could remember what it was. I'm sure it was on YouTube. Some guys going down the river and they saw hippos. So they actually beached their canoes and climbed trees until the hippos passed. Really? I wish I could remember what that was. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to mess with a hippo. Which... Brings us back to this story. Why are you out there? <laughs> While paddling, it's important to keep an eye out for everything. Our guide and the owner of our hotel both told us stories of hippos surfacing right in front of their kayaks. Oh. Keep an eye out for bubbles, and if one does surface, calmly paddle backwards as fast as you can. Calm and as fast as you can, do not mesh in the same well, time. That's kind of what I'm thinking. We <laughs> felt confident if anything should happen. As the day, and this is this is actually at the end. We we joke. We're, I mean, we enjoy joking about this, but this is at the end of the day. I think exactly how I would feel <laughs> as the day went on, and once I was over the initial initial fear of being in the water with crocodiles and hippos, it felt like any other kayaking excursion. I, I, I got to think that once you get used to it, I mean, you got all the images in your brain of what mm-hmm. could go wrong, but I got to think, except for the odd occasion when something really does go wrong, it's going to be just another, you know, use your common sense sort of thing. The guide's there to tell you what yes. to do and yeah. and you're going to have a great time. Yeah, don't tease or harass the hippos. Yeah. Poke, 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 poke. Hey, fatty. <laughs> poke, poke. <laughs> uh, the wetlands are filled with birds. It's the largest estuarian system in all of Africa and connects eight different ecosystems, making it a perfect environment to go on a paddling adventure. Uh, kayaking tours with St. Lucia Kayak Safaris, which do not pay us to say this, believe it or not, start at for two and a half hour safari to see, for the chance to get eaten, for the chance to <laughs> <laughs> see crocodiles, hippos, and many types of sharks, for two and a half hours in a kayak with all of that greatness, what would you think they charging? Well, I know the answer, but I was shocked. U.S. dollars. I was shocked by the answer. I was like, so that, that's like what two ninety, two hundred ninety rand. Yeah, it's that's insane low price for not really. Like, you're talking multiple hours out on the water. It's somebody's time. That's that's so low. No, no. you know what it is? It's in <laughs> case something happens. Well, yeah, you got eaten by a hippo for 32 bucks. What'd you expect? Exactly. <laughs> Lower your expectations. 150 bucks, you could have got a boat tour. <laughs> for, for 150 bucks, we could guarantee you return. Yeah, 32 bucks. What do you want for 32 bucks? <laughs> Hippos and crocodiles. That's what you're getting. 
for $32, you get to see the inside of a hippo. Yeah. Yeah, you don't see that every day. Where's Derek? Class, I saw he was on vacation inside of a hippo. <laughs> I'm sure he's having a great time. Yes, yes, fantastic. Oh, jeez. That's, that's, it's, the whole thing, like, you, you read the details of this couple who are doing what they're doing, and it's like, I can see why they're doing it, but I just can't understand why. Yeah. Go to the, the planet D, just the letter D, planet D. Dot com. They have a whole bunch of different places, and you can read the full article. I left out some of the other bits in there um, about what happened on their trip and stuff like that. And they have a whole bunch of other other trips and uh, reviews and stuff like that. So, like I say, I was looking at uh, finding out about the Orange River and happened to come across that one. And so, oh, hippos and alligators and sharks. Oh, my. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, there's so many red flags on that trip that if something were to happen realistically and the are that something's gonna happen yeah anybody going well what did they expect <laughs> <laughs> i told them that they could eat by a hippo yeah yeah <laughs> i mean <laughs> they were warned it's gonna be one of those things that well it's your fault i mean <laughs> 32 bucks what you <laughs> exactly what do you expect for such a low low price oh uh, yeah yeah uh yeah saint lucia oh, what was it was a place St. Lucia kayak safaris, yes. kayaking tours. Check them out as well. Um, and, uh, yeah, share them some love. And <laughs> if you're going down there and happen to be, uh, kayaking with some hippos and <laughs> crocodiles and sharks, uh, let us know and send us some photos. <laughs> yes. And we will send you Preferably- videos. We can watch you get eaten. <laughs> yeah, if you got videos of you or a loved one being it, eaten by a hippo, Derek wants to see them. <laughs> oh, now that'd be pretty cool, though, uh, down there kayaking with. with oh, stuff. it would be. So it question, would be. It's, would it's, you rather be in a of... kayak or a canoe? Oh, I don't know. I'd rather be in a canoe. I think. If I don't know, okay. Now, if you're going to be in a canoe, where'd you want to be—the bow or the stern? Oh, that doesn't matter. As long as I can flip it back over and get in easier. <laughs> you haven't no, just, seen me trying to get in the kayak from the water. If you're trying to escape, the hippo's probably going to eat the stern guy first. Not so if he's sneaking up on you. Away. Yeah, if he's sneaking up on you, right? If it's a side attack, they might go for the bow guy. What if we have somebody <laughs> in the middle? I think we're overthinking this. Maybe he'll <laughs> leap out, breach, and as he's passing over our canoe like free willy... He yeah. grabs the guy that's sitting in the middle of the boat, and we're good. Pluck him out. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry to our third passenger who came with us to South Africa for a great time. <laughs> uh, Thanks. All Uh You got anything else this week, Derek? <laughs> no. My, my head's filled with hippos attacking. Hippos. When hippos attack. Flying over boats like Free Willy. <laughs> Smithsonian Channel when hippos attack. Oh, yeah. Well, if you want to find out more about us, you can find us at paddlingadventuresradio.com. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Download or stream our episodes from iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, Player FM, and all your favorite podcast downloading sites. Go to the episode page at paddlingadventuresradio.com, listen to or stream, download, whatever, all our episodes. 
260 of them now. And if you enjoy the podcast, please share it with your friends, family members, and fellow paddlers. Everybody, keep your chin up. We'll be out of this, uh, hopefully, by the end of the summer. Hopefully, we'll be out on the water this summer. And, uh, yeah, if you're having a hard time, drop us a line. We'll chit-chat via whatever social media and uh, contact friends and people on that you've, you've tripped with. And, uh, you know, make yourself happy. Uh, I want to thank everybody for listening this week. I'm Sean Rowley. And I'm Derek Specht. We'll see you next time. <laughs>